security myself and that's surrendering just to trust my god trust that higher power that he she it whatever it is source whatever it is that you want to call it that they created me exactly the way i was supposed to be and to finally accept myself and see that as everybody else sees me and so um i want to start off with a um a meditation real quick and let's just close our eyes oh so everybody let's sit get grounded feet on the floor sit straight and tall into your chairs i want you to close your eyes gently let's take a breath in let it all out once again let's take it in I want you to take this moment to really connect with that light, that source that's telling you, that's giving you the gift of being here right now. To really open your intentions of what you want to gather from this workshop. And to really let yourself be present. I really want you to take a moment and just envision how it would be if you finally see this version of yourself that everybody loves you that you finally love yourself. How did that feel? I want that feeling to tingle from the top of your head. Down to your face. You can see it behind your eyes, your eyelids, how that looks like, how that feels like. into your ears of what the sounds of that sounds like. Down to your heart, how it feels overflowing and beautiful. Just have it go down to your fingers, your arms and your fingers, and how that feels and how whatever it is that you're touching in that vision, how it feels like everything Your, your stomach, where you're sitting at, how that feels. And let us slow down to your toes and your feet, your feet in general. And you can feel whatever it is that you're standing on. You can feel some grass or just the sun. Take a breath in. So let's take this moment and really hear our higher power, our spirit, our light, our source. Come into the message. And what is the message that your higher power is telling you right now? I want you to hold on to that. really be able to surrender yourself right now and to open your hearts, your mind, body, spirit to receiving whatever message this is that's going to come through this workshop, through our speakers, through these rooms, through one another. 
take a breath in. So before we open our eyes, I really want to surround yourself with the love that you're feeling within your heart, within these rooms, within the Zoom room, within all of us, that we're all together, connected as one. And that we all love each other before we can love ourselves. That we all will love one another, even though we don't love ourselves. And that love that will just flow through us, through our whole entire being. Take one moment, take another breath in. So slowly open your eyes. Bring the feelings back to your fingers, your head, your arms, your legs. How does everybody feel? Yeah. Free. I feel free. <laughs> <laughs> So we're a little bit ahead of schedule, but we can move on to our first speaker, and she's phenomenal. I know you guys probably heard her speak before, but this was such a God shot moment that she was able to be here with us today. So um, our first speaker is Felina B. Felina, how did you want to be timed? Um, it's 15 minutes, right? Yes, ma'am. Um, can I have uh, five and five, please? Yes. Great. All right, whenever you're ready, it's all yours. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. My name is Felina and I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. And I thank my higher power for my abstinence today. And I wanna thank Mai for asking me to speak here. It's really a privilege and an honor and Lance and everybody else who's giving service at this meeting. Um, and I wanna welcome any new folks and um, uh, and if you are on camera, thank you very much. And I want to encourage folks to be on camera as much as possible, um, because part of healing my own body image has been looking um, and noticing that I look like just like a regular person. Like I don't look special. I look <laughs> like one of you. Um, and somebody might be unmuted. Um, folks might want to consider muting um, a couple of the things. Uh, a couple of the speakers are unmuted and that might interfere with the recording. So just heads up, yeah. Um, I want to get the numbers out of the way. Um, I joined over, my top weight was about um, 194 and a half from what I remember. Um, and I joined Overeaters Anonymous in January, of course, 2009. Um, and I became abstinent uh, uh, by the grace of this program on March 19th, 2009 from my bottom line of uh, no recreational sugar. Um, I have, um, and now my, the last time I weighed myself, I was about 148, 149, something like that. Um, I have worked the steps with a sponsor multiple times in this program. I have, um, given service at the meeting level. Um, I was the vice chair of the national service board in Greece, where I got into recovery, I've served um, as region assembly rep. I've been on our intergroup um, where I am locally in Palm Springs, California for many years. I have given service as a world service business conference delegate, and I had the privilege of serving as a delegate um, co-chair for one of the committees. Um, currently, I give service um, as the treasurer for my intergroup. 
And um, I have always had a sponsor in Overeaters Anonymous. Um, my sponsor has a sponsor. I don't do this program alone. Um, I uh, sponsor, I use all of the tools in any given week, sometimes all of them the same day. Um, my life is a little different than it was when I came into program. Um, but um, if there's nothing else that you hear that resonates um, uh, in my share today, um, I hope that you will hear that this is a 12-step program. Um, and that's really important to me. Um, I can't recover unless I'm working the 12 steps. It is not a 12 tool program. It's a 12 step program, which means that only a spiritual experience can, um, can get me out of the obsession of self. So what it was like was, um, I was raised in a home, uh, where, uh, my parents were immigrants to this country and, um, I, always felt different. <laughs> uh, I'm sure not unlike many of you, I always felt different for many, many reasons. Um, and I learned very early on to compare myself to other people and to look at other people's bodies. Um, I, uh, I, I tell a story about a cousin of mine I, I have who's very, very petite and we were at the same exact age and we were like, you know, five, six, seven, eight, I don't know, little kids. And everybody would talk about how um, fun it was uh, throwing her around in the pool. And what I heard, and I was a normal size kid at that time. Um, but what I heard in that was that you're bigger and that's bad. Um, and there were a lot of other dynamics going on as well. Um, uh, um, the family of origin that I was in, I wanna say the third step prayer before I go any further. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Thank you. So Overeaters Anonymous is a, is a worldwide fellowship. And one of the messages that I got as a child was the way that I looked was wrong. Um, I, I didn't look the way I, the, the messages that the culture was giving me or telling me I was supposed to look. Um, and, um, you know, as a, as a little kid who didn't, uh, who was raised in a home where there was an enormous amount of trauma, violence, you know, uh, all the things. Thank you. Thank you, Mai. Um, I, I looked to the outside world to tell me if I was okay or not. So I had severe body dysmorphia um, and, and I, I was overweight. I started becoming overweight as a teenager um, because it was the best thing that I could do to survive in my family of origin. Um, and I thank God that I had food and I thank God that I had fat because they both protected me before I got a loving higher power. Um, and I'm not going to fast forward through all the gory details of my, my eating history, um, but I am a compulsive overeater through and through. Um, and if you've never worn pantyhose on a hot summer day and had your thighs rubbed together, um, right? Yeah, thank you for the head nods. Like, I have lived that hell. Um, and so I, um, I would wake up every single morning. By the time I got into program, I was in my mid-30s. Uh, I would wake up every single morning feeling my stomach to see how fat I was 
uh, based on how much I'd eaten the day before. And if I'd starved myself or I'd, I'd done my exercise bulimia and I felt thinner, I was like, oh, okay. Um, but it was always self-obsession. Um, if there's nothing else that I can say is that I have learned in these rooms that my body image is self-obsession. That's not so nice to say. <laughs> it doesn't sound so sweet anymore, but it is being selfish and self-centered and body obsessed. So I came into these rooms in 2009, um, absolutely um, uh, at war with my body, at war with food. And I just wanted peace. I didn't think that I could actually lose weight. Um, and not only all of that late weight was lost in OA, by the way. Um, to me, Overeaters Anonymous is not a lose weight program. It is a spiritual program. I will say that again and again, because I need to hear that. Um, and uh, what happened was you, you all loved me. Um, and I, I, it was the first place in my life that I felt 100% accepted. I, I'd never felt that at home. I'd never felt that anywhere else. Um, and I started working the program immediately. I um, started sending my food in. I started letting somebody into the truth because behind the screensaver, um, I was a terrified little girl. I had this wonderful thing that I had built on the outside, this wonderful image. You know, I was very successful. I had been very successful professionally and have this really glamorous job. I was traveling around the world. And, but on the inside, I was a terrified little girl and you all accepted me exactly as I was and helped me to tend to that little girl, um, which I didn't know how to do. Um, all I knew how to do was to shame and blame her for not being good enough because that was what I had learned. Um, and so I, I got abstinent and what that did for me was that helped me each day that, and I counted days, it was very important for me to count days. Each day that I was abstinent, I had a tiny, teeny, tiny bit of self-esteem, which I'd never had self-esteem um, because I was always looking for other esteem. If the guy liked me, I was worthy. If I got the job, I was worthy. Um, if I fit into the cultural norms of what a, a woman, a cisgendered, you know, white passing woman is supposed to look like, I, uh, I felt worthy. But you guys taught me that self-esteem is an inside job and that my self-image is very directly related to my self-esteem and to my relationship with my higher power. So I worked the steps and um, with a sponsor um, and I, I told the truth. Um, I told the truth in an inventory about how self-obsessed I was, um, about how I hated parts of my body. And there was one moment, my first year of recovery that I, will, I, I hope I never forget I was taking a bath and for my entire life, anytime I took a bath or a shower, I would look at myself and I, I would just say the most hateful things to myself. Uh, of course, I wasn't a person who thought I hated myself, right? I just spoke to myself in a hateful way, if anybody identifies with that. Um, but I remember there was this incredible God shot my first year in program where I, 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 looked, at my, I looked down at my legs, which I had hated for you know, most of my life. And the thought came from my higher power, like, those are just the legs of a woman. Those are just the legs of an ordinary woman. They're just ordinary legs. And for somebody who had been raised on Vogue magazine and chocolate bars and fantasizing, that was a miracle. That was one of my first body image miracles in this program. And um, it, was, it was an incredible gift 
because I had started to be relieved of the bondage of self that I could better see God's will, not just do God's will, but to see God's will, which was really a blessing for me. Thank you, Maya, I see that. Um, and what happened was thanks to my recovery, um, I got all of the things that I thought I needed a great body to get. Um, I met the wonderful human being who is now my fiance and we've been in a committed monogamous relationship for almost a decade and we're engaged. And he loves me the way I am. I do work in the world where I am visible and um, I show up um, when I'm asked and I don't really care what I look like so much. Um, what it's like now is that um, I have absolute confidence that I look exactly the way I'm supposed to look to do God's will for me in this world. If God wanted me to be a supermodel, guess what? I'd be like six inches taller and 20 years old and a whole bunch of other things. That's not what my higher power created me for. My higher power created me to do his will to be of service in this world. What it's like now is that thanks to my recovery in Overeaters Anonymous, I've also come to see the ways in which I have oppressed myself internally um, as somebody who is a child of immigrants, um, but very, very um, aware of um, that this is a worldwide fellowship um, and that the cultural norms of what beauty is um, are, are very, very limited. Um, it's important to me to love my body so that I can be inclusive to others. So if I judge a part of my body and I don't like it because it's not this or it's not that, I'm going to judge the hell out of everybody around me. People with bodies who are that are differently abled, that have different sizes, that have different colors, that have, have uh, all kinds of different attributes. Um, and so I see that internalized oppression that I have suffered from. And the way that I get out of the bondage of self is by continuing to suit up and show up and give service in these rooms. Um, I am never going to be a, a skinny blonde teenage girl like that ain't never going to happen, but I promise you this I am turning um, I have a big birthday this summer and next week I'm going to Greece actually back to Greece and I'll be there for a couple of months. And what I'm thinking about is not how I'm going to look in my bathing suit. Let me let me clarify, there are moments where I still think about what I'm going to look like in a bathing suit. Um, but I've only been here for 13 years, guys. Some of you have been around for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and I'm going to be one of those old ladies who's like rocking the self-esteem because I know you guys, because I know that's what is what we get in these rooms. Um, I had lunch with a fellow yesterday who has 45 years. And when she said to me, when I look in the mirror, I love the body I see. And I thought, wow, I'm going to keep coming until that is more my default. Um, it's the case many, many days. Um, and I recognize that for me, um, when I am harshing on my aging or I'm looking at like, oh my God, like, when did this happen? Um, I am not in God's will. I am not thinking of how can I be of maximum usefulness to God's, to, to, to my higher power and my fellows. That is my job on this planet. Um, as an abstinent member of Overeaters Anonymous, my job is to think about how I can be useful to my higher power and my fellows. I have exactly the arms I'm supposed to have to be useful to my higher power. I have exactly the face. I have exactly the thighs. Um, and when I can accept that, um, I know I'm in good spiritual condition. Um, I pray and meditate every day. I turn my food over every day. 
Um, I talk to my sponsor regularly. I go to meetings all the time. I give a lot of service when asked and when it is a privilege to be asked to give service in this fellowship um, uh, because I want more freedom. I, I want more freedom in my recovery. I want to, um, sorry, I just saw a text and I, it distracted me. Sorry about that. Um, but I, um, I'm happy to take phone calls. I will, um, if um, I don't, uh, I'm not a texter, um, but if um, you want to talk more about your story, feel free to give me a call. Um, this is a is this is a we program, um, and just finally, I'll say, I, I, last night I was watching the um, the documentary uh, on on the founder of the original twelve step program, um, and I was noticing that um, you know these twelve steps were handed down by people who had a particular gender, a particular religion, a particular socioeconomic status, a particular educational. And what my job is as a recovering members of, of Overeaters Anonymous today is to remember that this is a worldwide fellowship, that not everybody speaks English, that not everybody is able-bodied, that not everybody um, uh, is cisgendered. Um, there are, um, we have an incredible variety of people in Overeaters Anonymous and if I want to create a, a fellowship that's there for me when I'm that old lady rocking it, I need to think about how I am contributing to um, making these rooms more inclusive. Um, this is not about diversity and equity training. It is about me dismantling the ways in which I oppress myself. Because if I oppress myself, you're damn straight I'm going to oppress other people. And I don't want to do that today. I believe my loving higher power wants me to be happy, joyous, and free. And for the most part, I am, um, and it's been, it's a lot of work, um, but I'm, I'm so incredibly grateful. Um, I just wanna take a pause to see if there's anything else that needs to be said. Thank you for the opportunity to give service in this way. That's it, thank you. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Just, wasn't that amazing, everybody? Just so just, just so great. Thank you for being here and being of service. Um, this fellowship is amazing, just like she mentioned. So um, I'm going to bring on our next speaker. Um, our next speaker is um, Karen. Karen P. She's a little nervous. She says. <laughs> oh, I got to bring my. You uh, how to join your time? Um, like maybe ten minutes. And Ten minutes of time. Okay. Can I take that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, now I'm really. Okay. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna carry it up right here. Okay. All right. So just be great. <laughs> Go now. Okay. Hi, my name is Karen, and I am a compulsive overeater, a bulimic, a recovering alcoholic, and addict, and I am super grateful. Absolutely super grateful to be here in this particular room with what I call my family. Each and every one of you, I see all of you as my family, sisters and brothers. I love, love, love you, Maya, for asking me to come because I haven't been here in a while, you know, and I have so many fond memories of this particular meeting room. I'm just going to throw some, uh, just some numbers and some things and kind of qualify. So uh, I've been here 22 years. When I got here, <laughs> I was full of fear. I'm 5'4", I was like 225. Uh, today I'm 123. I'm only saying this for only one reason, because the truth is, is that I had no idea that 
I was going to be able to develop, first of all, a relationship with myself. I also had no relationship with a God ever. I was an atheist. So everything in my whole world was about control and fear. And let me get some drugs, alcohol, food. Let me try to control everything and everybody around me so that I could feel comfortable. That's just the way that I was. So as you can imagine, I was crazy as a mother. You know what? I just was. And I just, I just, to just really say this, I got to be myself. I got to keep it real. So just keep up. No, <laughs> but anyway, let, let me kind of um, go back a little bit. I'm emotional right now. I'm emotional because this particular program has really changed my life. I look over there and I see Shirlene and Connie. Um, those two women, oh my God, they have been so instrumental in my life and I miss them every day. But they're with me all the time. They're my sponsors. They were my sponsors for years. And they love me so much. And they allowed me to, no matter what I was going through, they loved me no matter what. And they told me that I was a blessed child of God. And I would say, no, I'm not. You know, and just, I had so much rebellion. I was so stubborn. I was so full of fear. And I was so much in pain. I'll, the only way I could really, you know, um, process just even, thank you come into this program is because my sponsor, uh, Connie, and then was Shirlene after that. She was my sponsor in NA and she had said, cause I had got a year clean and I gained like 55 pounds. And she said, Karen, you know what? You probably are a compulsive overeater, you know, you, you, and Connie never um, like suggests she tells you. And she told me, you know what you're going to do? When you get a year clean, you're coming to the OA program with me. And I'm like, you know, because you don't say nothing about it. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I just came. And, and let me just say this. Um, when I got here, I was so scared. I was so scared because for me, it was always about my outsides. And I'll tell you why. I grew up in a Jewish family, a very, very beautiful, loving, wild and crazy Jewish family where food was God. My mother passed away when I was only 11 months old. So there was a lot of tragedy. There was a lot of heartache and there was a lot of pain. My dad, you know, um, was 28 years old and he was left with four children. I say this only because, wow, is that, is that five minutes? No, that was- uh, Oh, someone, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I say this only because um, I never knew how to um, be vulnerable. I never knew how to trust. I never knew how to put myself out there. I didn't want to. I was always protecting myself all the time at any cost. I didn't want you to get close to me. And I also knew that, um, if you did, that I would create or cause some situation to make you go away, okay. you know, because I just don't trust. Yeah. Is there something? Oh, no. okay. So um, it's no, it's no um, wonder why I became a human trash can. Chemicals, food, you know, um, alcohol, all of it, you know, and I, that was my solution, you know, for many, many years. And I thought that it worked, but it really didn't. Um, so let, let me back up and let me just uh, start to talk a little bit about my, my recovery here. Um, man, this, this program is, is such a gift. I cannot believe how many years I have been here and how long that it took me to see that I was a real compulsive overeater and a bulimic. God bless Shirlene. She used to always say, if you think you can go out there and eat bagels and ice cream and all these things and exercise it up, God bless you. Then you're not one of us. And I would, I would try to tell her, you know, maybe I'm not, you know, because, because the truth is 
because I wasn't done. That's the truth. I wasn't done yet. I'm the kind of person that has to back my ass up to the kicking ass kicking machine. So many years of that. I mean, just so many because I'm a control freak and that's the bottom line. But in this program, I had to not just take a look at control. I had to take a look at, I had no higher power. I really didn't. It was chemicals. It was food. It was all of that. And slowly but surely, I am so thankful that I have always had a sponsor in this program. To this very day, my sponsor is Ali, and he is amazing. But and I um, and I've been through the, the twelve steps, writing and, and processing and, and, and working on myself, always with a sponsor. But I can tell you that uh, this program has changed my thinking for the most part. Talk about body image. When my ass mama, oh no, can't we talk about control? I did anything but body image because the truth is I still have body image, you know? And what I love is I call my sponsor, you know, rarely. And I, and I had just probably a few weeks ago talked to him about, you know, body image. Is it ever going to go away? Why do I still think I, I feel like I'm 300 when the scale says I'm 123? And you know what? The real answer is there isn't one. Everyone's on a spiritual journey, a spiritual path in this, in this fellowship, you know, and I'm not you and you're not me, but I can tell you this growing up, I was so fat. I mean, just had many, many ripples. But what was interesting is I like what the other speaker was sharing. Cause when I would get out of the shower and I, when I would sit down, I had so many red lines and, and rolls. I really did. I would count them. I knew how many I had 10 and then no, really. And then we'd go down to nine and, and, and all of that built was into my self-esteem. And, you know, because I didn't have any, no, I wasn't worthy. I had no self-esteem. I hated myself, but God forbid, I wouldn't let you know that. And, you know, it's crazy the one when I really think about it, because this particular um, program is so deep. I mean, I'm in the other programs, but Overeaters Anonymous, because when I started taking away the sugar, the white flour foods, and I had to start getting real, and I had to start really looking at myself and what, what, what's driving me, you know, what causes me, you know, what are my triggers, everything, everything, because I had no God, that's why, you know, and the beauty for me is this, for me to come here today and to simply just be myself and to let everything just all go and to give it all to God and hope that maybe I could say just something, anything to help a newcomer or an old timer. That's why I'm here. It's hope. This program has given me hope. What I started to do is I started to recognize and realize that this is just a suit. My body is not who I am. I really am a blessed child of God. Slowly but surely, like I said, through pain. It wasn't through the great happy days where I'm super abstinent. I have relapsed so many times in this program. I thought, you know what, F it. Every single time I went off my food plan, it's like, F it, I can't do this, it's too hard. But I'm so grateful I always, I never ever left. That's my saving grace. I never left this program. And I'm so grateful because this program has given me what I need on the inside. It's revealed to me that it's through my higher power that my abstinence comes. It's through my higher power that I allow myself to be seen it's through my higher power that wakes me up every day and i get to say yes to god i can't tell you just how deep and my gratitude for overeaters anonymous is i feel so um fortunate that in the morning i pray and in the morning i meditate and i usually you know um my food is my my diet is is basically like a plant-based diet for the most part. And when I eat too much, and when I go off my plan, sometimes I do, the thing I don't do is I don't, oh my God, you're so bad, shame. No, I say, you know what? I love you. You're, you're a blessed child of God. You're okay. Shirley needs to always say, but did you just sprout horns? Did you grow horns? I used to love that because I'd go like, 
oh my God, you know, I'd make such a big deal. It's not, it's not. Every day I wake up and I have the same 24 hours as anybody else. And I get to make decisions based on what my higher power thinks is best for me. You know, um, it's really amazing, you know, as I'm here and what I recognize is that I put so much lock, stock and barrel into what I look like, you know, because the home that I grew up in and, and, and the family of origin, we cared so much about the outsides because on the inside, we were all in so much pain and fear and heartbreak. So we watched a lot of comedy and we ate to sedate and we laughed you know, and all of these things. But yet that that wasn't, you know, that wasn't, you know, real for me. You know, it, it wasn't um, it wasn't healthy. I was really toxic, so toxic when I got here. And all I focused on was my outsides. And I'm so grateful for Shirlene because she used to say, you know, it's a spiritual program, Karen. And, you know, have you ever tried to sit down on a three-legged stool? You're missing the most number one component here. This is a spiritual program. You need to find a higher power. And it scared me because I knew that she was right, you know. Stop. Oh, okay. Thanks. I knew that she was right. So here's, here's where I'm at today. So where I'm at today is what I do on a regular daily basis for me. First, no matter what, I wake up and I thank my God for another day. And I'm so much more in conscious contact with my God because I know that he knows what I need. I now know that, which I'm, I'm so fortunate. I'm so grateful. I finally learned that. And, you know, I don't necessarily need to learn things the hard way anymore. That is, a, that is huge. That is so huge. You know, I can follow suggestions and just go with it. You know, the other thing that's amazing to me is in one month, I will get at least three massages. I will get a pedicure. I will get my nails done. I will get a facial. There's, I belong to two different gyms. I work out five days a week. I became a yoga teacher. I do yoga twice a week. And I'm, I'm not trying to say, look at me. I'm trying to say I'm not in the food. When I am eating, I draw the drapes. I shut the phone. I don't want to see you. I don't want you to see me. I can't be of service. I hate me, so I hate you. Not the case. I am so free. I am so happy that I finally get that I'm not in charge. God is. God's in control. I am free from the obsession of self. And I didn't even know how sick I was. I am so grateful that when I came here, everyone in this room, I don't care if you laughed at me, how you felt about me, the one thing I always got when I left here, that I belong here, that this is my home, and that people did love me until I could love myself. And the other beautiful gift that um, comes along in the rooms of Barbados Anonymous for me is that I get to look at myself, not what I look like out here. What am I doing? How am I treating myself? Am I really of service? Do I really care about my fellow man? Because when I, when I really get honest with myself, what matters to me more than anything, it matters that I'm abstinent because if I'm not abstinent, then I'm in depression. That's just my experience. And I'm grateful today I'm abstinent and I feel really good about it. But I also know God ultimately knows that no matter what, whether I have 10 P's or 14, I'm still the blessed child of God. Whether I am willing and able to help somebody today, or maybe it's tomorrow, I'm still okay. I used to think if I couldn't be everything to everybody right now, well then F it. I might as well just go to the refrigerator. Today, I can set boundaries. I can say yes. There's times when I've learned to say no. It's okay. You know, it really is. I'm learning how to take care of myself. I never knew that it was okay. It was just, you know, um, I was such a people pleaser. And in this program, I've learned, you know what? I have to please God. I am here on this earth 
for a very short time because I truly believe that no matter what, for however long I'm here, I want to matter to somebody else. I really, you know, and I do have, I love my animals and I am a foster parent to a rancho shelter. And I do have, like, I do, I'm, I'm an animal person, you know, but um, for the most part, um, I will say this. After I leave here, what's most important to me, it's not what I'm going to eat. It's who possibly can I help? Have I helped? And the other thing is this, I am willing to say yes now, even when I feel like, like I'm not going to be able to carry the message or I've, I've got to say yes, yes to life, yes to God, because I am so grateful. This program to me is about life. Shalom. Thank you for letting me share. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, Karen, thank you for that share. And you know, um, that's one of the things I really based on is that our higher power and a lot of us, even including myself, I did not have a relationship with the higher power. I had a lot of false idols. I had a lot of false higher powers, false gods, false lights, source, whatever it is that you have connected with. People telling me, or even me, like creating this checklist of box of who I was supposed to be. But when we really strip down to it and um, um, are this being creature that our higher power created, he's exactly who we are. And this program helps us be that, become that better version of ourselves. Uh, actually, not even a better version, become ourselves, period. I'm so grateful, and I'm grateful to hear the shared. Um, this next speaker, I had to dig deep for him, <laughs> and so and we and it was really important for me because I know for women we battle this, but we never see our brothers and that they battle this too. And um, I really, I really had to dig deep, and you know, by the grace of God, another God shot. Um, Craig K is going to be our next speaker, and. Um, you know, thank you for being here with us. So, um, 15 minutes, how did you want to be time, Craig? Uh, five, five, four, and one would be terrific. Thank you. Hello, I'm Craig. I am a compulsive overeater, and I am a 100-pounder. And I want to thank Maya for asking me to be of service. A friend said, I heard about a workshop that needs a speaker. And the last, first thing I thought was, Sunday from 12 to 2, that's lunchtime. What am I going to do? I ate before. Shocking, right? My day was changed, God forbid, right? So that's the first thing I thought, not how can I be of service? It's what am I going to do about lunch? Of course, I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, Felina and Karen, what an honor. Uh, Maya, thank you. To all of us that are here, you know, I, I don't find it a mistake that there's only, I think there's, there's two gentlemen here. I think that's it. And um, it's really funny because, you know, OA is not a female disease. It's not a, it's not a, it, it's a, it's a disease. It, it compulsive overeating is a disease, right? So what I want to start out with is I got here in 1988. I was 199 pounds. I knew I would never get to 200 I was 12 step by a therapist. And the way that it happened is a weird, bizarre, spiritual happening, spiritual enlightening. It happened, got into program and I asked the therapist, I said, tell me about it. 
she wouldn't tell me about it because that was therapy. I did what the big book suggests. I got outside help. She said, here's, here's a, you know, we still had printed, you know, meeting schedules. And she goes, here's a schedule. This is how I, I saved my life. I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, I'm a compulsive overeater. I used to be obese. I'm no longer. And I looked at her. I was like, I'm not, you know, my, my, my German root shoulders went up. I'm like, not an addict. And she said, well, my husband does the same thing with alcohol that I do with food. He got sober. I got abstinent. And I went, oh, give it a shot. Started going to meetings. Got to 167. Great. 11 years of hips looking cool. What step are you on? I'm not sure. Are you sponsoring people? Yeah. Do you have a sponsor? Yeah. How many meetings do you go to? Oh, meetings are great. Five to seven a week. It's great. Lots of friends. What step are you on again? I'm not sure. Okay. And guess what? I got way too busy. I got a business, started making money, bought cars. I love that I've, I've heard, I'm going to try not to cross talk, but I'm human. It's a shock, you know? I am an addict. Name it, I'll use it. I don't want to feel good. I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to feel you name it, right? So I did all those things, started my business, and I got too busy for all of you. Way too busy. Fast forward after 11 years, I stood up the log cabin, which used to be on Robertson. And I stood up. And at that meeting, we used to see you get up and you'd say what your birthday was. And I got up and I'm like, I'm Craig, I'm 11. And my sponsor walked over to me. He said, don't you ever take that attitude with being grateful for 11 years? How does that look for the newcomer? And I, I won't repeat what I said because we're being recorded. But guess what? He was right. And I went out. I had 11 years, five years, three years, two years. At 272 pounds, which is, let's see here. Give me a second here. That's what 272 pounds look like. Okay. At 272, I pulled up. I had my little red sports car, my midlife crisis you know, let's spend money and feel better. And then my best friend died and I felt great. Everything was great. Everything was so great. David died and I feel great. And I went and I bought another car I didn't need. All right. So this is what I look like. This is a few years ago. Now I still see the other guy. The other guy had a 44, 46 waist. I now have a 34 waist body. So when Maya asked me, I'm like, do I have body image issues? Of course I do. What does an addict do? I have body image issues. I think I'm fat. I'll eat more. That doesn't make sense. I'm an addict. The book tells me my brain is different. Your brain is different. What do I do today when I have body image issues? Which I do. I don't eat over it. When I'm happy, when I'm hungry, when I have an issue with work, my mom is 90, not in great health. It's financial stuff. When I'm excited, when I'm angry, when I'm resentful, all of those things, I'm human. I don't eat over them. So if that's the biggest gift I can give, it's all I can share. It's all I can share. Um, there's another picture. It's my 15 minutes I get to share. This is another, let's see, what do I look like now? 
This was one taken a couple of years ago. That's like that's like the body of a normal person. Not in my eyes. So guess what? I don't ask myself what it looks like. <laughs> I'm going to get the wrong ass answer. So 2009, there I am in my little red sports car, and I pulled into my driveway, the same one I have today. So picture this, uh, an almost 300-pound man in a Mazda Miata. Not good, right? I eventually had to sell that car because I couldn't pay the lease on my business. And the CFO, I'll never forget, he sees me, he goes, Craig, you're selling your baby? I said, you want your rent? And that's where my disease took me. So I will use anything to not feel. There's a picture I have, I don't know where it is, of me in my office, my hair was buzzed, and I had a bag. And I'm gonna, you know, people always say, can we talk about food here? It's freaking Overeaters Anonymous. I had a bag of M&Ms. That was my cocaine, that was my lithium, that was my, my drug, that, that my drug was M&Ms. There are some people that can have one. There are some people that can have 16. There are some people that might be able to have a bag. Not me, I need to have more. I'll go back, I'll go back. I finished the bag, I gotta get another one, right? To replace it. So 2009, pulled up in my, my driveway right here in back of me. And I said, oh my God, I'm dying. I am dying physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I do not know why the top was down, it always was. I miss my convertible to this day, and I'm in a position now where I see another one coming, right? Big changes in program. So I called a nutritionist. I had been rear-ended twice in one week a number of years before, and I was seeing a, a chiropractor. And I, on his sign, I saw chiropractor, nutritionist, chiropractor, nutritionist. I didn't want to deal with my nutritionist. He knew I was obese, but I didn't want to deal with that. And he never said, you're fat. And I used the word fat. I was fat. Okay. He never said, you need to see me and lose weight. Something said, call him. I called him. I went in the next morning. He said, here's what you're allergic to. Here's what I suggest you eat. And I looked at him. He goes, you think I'm nuts? I said, yeah, I think you're out of your mind. He had these weird woo-woo ways. And guess what? To this date, I still see him. I still do what he suggests, right? When I came back to program, it took me a month to come back. So here I am. I'm a guy who was living on 12 Diet Cokes a day. Oh, there's no calories in Diet Coke. Yeah, but it killed my body, right? You name the bags, the boxes, the dozen. You know, my favorite, my favorite binge was 11 donuts. But what I did was very good. I went to get a baker's dozen. I had 11. No, I had 10. Went back to my sister's home. I gave him one. I gave her one. And I gave one to me. Come to find out years later, I was covered in powdered sugar. My sister told me. She's one of us. Right? So I couldn't hide it very well. So I'm a hardcore binger. Right? So he told me what to eat losing weight fast. And I went, you got to get back to OA. I walked into OA. I looked the scariest man in the room. I said, would you sponsor me? He said, yeah, let's, let's get your food straight. This is OA. We got to get you abstinent. I told him what I was eating. And I said, 
you know, this is not an OA approved food plan. He said, is there an OA approved food plan? I said, not anymore. He goes, exactly. What's your point? Was it your plan? I said, no. He goes, great. Enough said. I'm powerless over food. Pretty easy. Second half, my life is unmanageable. It does not say I'm powerless over food and the size of my ass is unmanageable. It doesn't say I'm powerless over food and my waistline is unmanageable. My life is unmanageable. So if my life is unmanageable, if I'm powerless over food, comma, my life is unmanageable, maybe it's a period, I have to look. Who am I to decide my food? So first the nutritionist did it, all right? One of the things he said to me, and I'm gonna get specific. One of the things he said is when you have eggs, you can have four eggs, but that's too much. He said, really? I said, yeah. So according to who? He said, according to me. Great. So I decided I was gonna start having three eggs. My decision. My weight had been the same. By the way, I was one, let's see, I was 199, came back at 272. Today I'm at 187. And I go like the 180s within three, four, I'm right here, like the last few years. I'm right about there. Go up and down a few pounds. That's it. Um, anyways, at the time, the man that was I was giving my food to, I called him. I said, I want to go down to three eggs. He goes, how's your cholesterol? I said, it's 125. How's your weight the last two years? I said, the same. He goes, you're sticking with four eggs. I use that simply to say, I am not in charge of my food. In other programs, you don't do this and you don't do that. In this program, I need bottom line behaviors. Anybody wants to know what my abstinence is, I'll be more than happy to give it to them um, after the meeting. Absolutely. It's my abstinence. It was given to me. It's a gift. So now I have 12 years of back-to-back -back abstinence. I'm maintaining, I think it's an 85-pound weight loss. That is a miracle. I'm grateful for it every freaking day. Um, and I, it's so cool. I'm talking on this and I'm keep, I keep getting my sponsor's food. It's awesome. It's so cool. Um, what I've been hearing this morning is this is a 12-step program. This is a disease. This is not about men, women, gay, straight, bi bisexual, transgender. This is a freaking disease. And when I came in, it's very important for me to go to the gay and lesbian meetings because I'm gay. And I thought, I got to stand out. I got to be with my people. It was important back then. Today, it's a freaking disease. I need compulsive readers. I need new people and I need people with more time. I need them both. My sponsor has five years. I have 12. It's the greatest thing in the world, because when I say to him in 1983 or whatever it is, 1993, blah, 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 in 2000, blah, blah, blah. And he'll listen and he'll go, Craig, uh, what day is it? I'll say it's June 12th. He said 2002 or 1989. Is it 2002 or is it uh, 2003? Today. So for the newcomers, I'm sharing mostly for the newcomer. Because if you don't show up today and you and 
we don't have a program tomorrow. There are so many whom I started with that are no longer in program. There are many that are still in program and we laugh at each other. You know, I didn't wear glasses, my hair was brown, all those things. Um, so here's what I want to say. I have 12 hours and 58 minutes. That's all I got, baby. That's it. I woke up this morning. I was abstinent. Here's how I woke up. I woke up. I was like, thank you, God, for another day. Thank you, God, for another day of abstinence, right? Got my coffee. That's made before. I'm not willing to give that up. Thank you very much. Um, got my coffee. Got my breakfast. I am now, I used to hear about writing letters to God, and I thought, what a bunch of crap. Prior contempt to invite, contempt prior to investigation, Herbert Spencer, it says it in the book, right? Try it and then say it's crap. And I just happened to be talking to a fellow about a year ago. I said, you know, all of my sponsees take pictures of their food and send it to me. And I don't. Who am I to suggest it to them if I don't? He goes, all right, how about if I send you mine and you send me yours? He's like, okay. And I do it. Somebody else knows exactly when I'm eating. Part of my absence is a plate of food, right? He sees it. It's just, it's done. It's writ. It's, it's just, it is what it is, right? So then he was talking about writing a letter to God. And I thought, what a bunch of crap. So he, he said, may I send you my letter? I said, yeah. Sent me his letter. I read it. And I thought, huh, what if I send it back? That's been going on for a week. And it's fantastic. My innermost crap that I want to hide, that I feel shameful about, that I want to eat about, off it goes. Off it goes. Somebody else knows. My sponsor knows a lot about me. My last sponsor, it's funny, when I work with guys, I work with a guy who's very different than, than I am politically. And when we started working together, I said, what didn't work with your last sponsor? Because I want to know. He said, we will not talk about politics. I said, okay, unless you use it as an excuse to eat. That is bullshit. Then we're going to talk about it. If not, I could give it down. And it's never been discussed, right? And um, my last sponsor is very, I think he's conservative. He's kind of a conservative guy, wife, kids, business person. And then there's me, single, gay, I've had a life, right? He heard my fifth step and he didn't die. Stuff that I shared with him, any secret that I share, I will not share it on a meeting level because it is simply not appropriate. I will share it. I must share it with another human being. It tells me that. It doesn't say we ought to. I must. As it says, I must give this away or I will not be able to keep the gift. It tells me. The, the book is really cool because... This is a textbook, right? So this is who I'm reading. I'm reading the book with sponsor and sponsees. Those are all the post-it notes, right? The different places that I'm in. And that's what the book looks like. Not on every page, but I use it to the best of my ability. You know, first thing that happens is when somebody says, will you be of service? I automatically, I go to, what do I have to give? Right? It's horseshit being recorded, pardon the words. What do I have to give? 
have 12 years of back-to-back absence maintaining 85 pound weight loss. I'm a man. There, men are, you know, well, I don't have to do with that. I just have some weight to lose, right? Denial. I got, I got a lot more. Food was helped me. Food, I use it as a drug. It's, it's interesting because so many people say, well, this is different than alcohol. And yes, it is. But how I've heard it said and is so helpful for me is I was getting high on food. That statement in and of itself is so very helpful because I use food to get high. I use food to disappear. I use food. Five minutes? Was that five or ten? One minute. I'm sorry? One minute. One minute? Yeah. Damn. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Here's what I want to say. I hope I have helped someone else because that's what I'm here to do. I hope that if you're new and you're saying, what the hell is he talking about? If it can happen for me, it can happen for you. I have a sponsor. I have sponsees. I go to about five meetings a week. I'm part of a sober men's group of of, uh, sober uh, breakfast. We meet twice a week. I have fellows. I work the steps. I say yes when I can be of service, especially today when I'm like, how can I, what? What is this about? Body image? I said yes. And I got to tell you, the first two speakers have absolutely made my day. So quickie, got up this morning, prayed, meditated, wrote, went to a meeting, an in-person meeting. By the way, there are in-person meetings. They're awesome. Sunday, Studio City, please join us. Then I went to my men's breakfast. Then I got my groceries, had my absent lunch. Now I'm here. And it's only one o'clock my time. That's my program. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. Um, thank you, Craig. Um, that was such a powerful share. And the reason why for me, it was so, not for me, but I think even my higher power guiding me to do this workshop, but it was so important to get the male perspective of this body image because us ourselves as women, just like the whole in all inclusivity, like us as women, we we take our brothers out of pictures that they don't suffer through that. And that we see the vision of how we think that they want to see us, but it's really not that. And that's why it was so important. This whole inclusivity is that it's not an it, she, he, they, whatever, black, white, you know, short, tall, big, skinny. It's all a 12 step program. We're all the same and we all suffer the same disease and the same thinking, thinking, you know? And so thank you, Craig, for you know another God shop moment. And I'm really grateful. Um, so right now we're gonna move on to um, another five-minute meditation real quick. Take this moment. So we'll do a five-minute meditation real quick. And I want you everybody to sit in your chair, ground yourself in your chair and really sit up tall. The crown of your head touching towards the sky your feet planted firmly on the floor and all those messages that you heard from our last three speakers and let that all flow in your body. All the love that they're here today for you, for us, for this program that we were gifted by our higher power. Let it flow through you from your head, the top of your head, 
to your hearts, to your stomach, even to your toes. Let it radiate just out of your skin and out of your pores and just let it beam and shine brightly through. Take a breath in. Let it out. Let's take this moment and just to remind ourselves to be loving and kind to ourselves. That's really hard for us to do. I want you to envision a seed in your hands. And in that vision, you have this little tiny seed and that seed is our program, that light. And I want you to take it and envision putting it into your heart. And that seed carries so much love and kindness. You can actually place your hands in your heart too. Place that seed inside your heart Let's breathe in, let it out. And as you place the seed and hold it into your heart, just remember that this seed that's growing inside of you that you place with so much love and care and tenderness through this program, that it's always with you. And it's always growing and evolving. you see the little green leaves blossoming out. And just to remind yourself that no matter where you're at or how you feel, that this seed that you're carrying with you will always be with you. And that you can pull it at any time when you feel alone or scared or doubtful that this program is always with you. That seed is always with you. And you planted that seed. God helped you plant that seed, our higher power. Let's take a breath in. Let it out. I want you to slowly open your eyes. Let it all wiggle your fingers and your toes. And let everything flow back to you. So how does everybody feel? That little baby seed, huh? It's always flowing through us to so just remember that no matter what we go through in life, and, and this is so powerful because I hear so much recovery in these rooms. We have newcomers, we have someone that's 20, I don't remember how correct it is, but everybody, there's so much recovery. We have over decades of recovery in this room, but no matter how much recovery we go through, it's still that seed, you know? And it's okay that we're that seed. And we can carry that everywhere we go because this program carries us through that. Our higher power brought us here for a reason, and we're all here, and it's such a God shot. You know, 
to have this energy flowing with us. And not just through me, not just through our speakers, but everybody in this room and on Zoom. That, that's how powerful our program is. And so now that you have a seat, you can always carry it. And I do that too, so I always carry it with me. So, but um, we're gonna move on to the writing. And um, people that aren't in the rooms, um, actually, people that aren't in the room, um, I want you guys to gather a notepad, something to write with, and actually a mirror too, if you have a mirror. So let's take this moment where I do the seventh tradition and the third step prayer. So you guys take a moment to go grab a paper, notepad, pencil, pen, and a mirror. Oh, this is so good for image work. Yes. Third eye. So the seven traditions, we are self-supporting through our own contributions. There's a listener accepting outside donations. Um, the workshop, um, it is seven tradition-based, so if you guys can donate. Um, uh, yeah. But uh, we, you can either, we have Zoom, we have PayPal, Zelle, Donorbox, that's uh, credit cards, or also you can, oh, Shelby, thank you. Thank you so much, Shelby. Um, you can also do snail mail and send it to the address listed too. So, and that helps, you know, find these rooms, find our Zoom account, find everything that you see here at top of this workshop below. Does everybody have a pen, paper? Mirror, I want to see it. I'm holding you guys accountable. Let me see the pen, paper, and mirrors. <laughs> yeah. A mirror, let me see the mirrors. Cool. Okay, if you don't have a mirror, you can use your phone and put it on camera, yeah. camera mode, and flip it to where it's facing towards you, okay? I love this third eye mine. <laughs> so if you guys are in the room, everybody has mirrors here. Um, the first, I'm going to move on to our writing. And the first writing that we're doing right now is I want to really create a platform for higher self-image, okay? And we're going to write about five minutes on this first card that I have. The first one, how would I describe my relationship with myself? Just one word.
everybody's done. Is everybody done? So, okay. Next prompt. What are the three things I love most about myself today? And I want them to be beautiful things, okay? Next prompt, I want to thank myself for. What was the one you just said? I want to thank myself for, and then fill in the blank. This next one, remember those mirrors I told everybody to grab? So open those mirrors up. I want you guys to show those beautiful faces, natural faces with those mirrors or oh, the camera. Camera and tip towards you. Let me see those. Let me see. Yay, beautiful. And this, I want to look at yourself in the mirror to look in the mirror today and give yourself a genuine compliment. You don't have to say it out loud, can you? or whichever, but I want to hear that. Look in the mirror today and give yourself a genuine compliment. Then I just realized, can you guys still hear me? Because I was stopping over there. Perfect. Okay. All right. Is everybody good? The compliments flowing? I hope so, because you guys are all so beautiful to me. And handsome, too. I'm not leaving the fellows out. <laughs> 
Okay. So this next prompt that we're going to do. is um, building confidence and learning to honor and create boundaries with the outside world. No, don't, that's, that's that's the thing, but here. So the next prompt will be, what have I tolerated from people in the past that I no longer have space for? So we'll move on to the next section, which is basically building boundaries. Do you guys need that question again? What have I tolerated from people in the past that I have I no longer have space for? The next prompt. What's an important boundary I want to set with someone in my life and why haven't I set it yet? Okay, so one more time. Yeah, definitely. Once again, what's an important boundary I want to set with someone in my life and why haven't I set it yet?
give another minute. Next What's a non-negotiable in my life? When have I given too much of myself? What did that look like? And what lesson did that leave me with? Did anyone need to hear that again? <laughs> again. <laughs> When have I given too much of myself? What did that look like? And what lesson did that leave me with? Can I hear that question again? Yeah. Please and thank you. Yes, definitely. When have I given too much of myself? What did that look like? And what lesson did that leave me with?
give another minute. The next writing prompt. What am I doubting about myself currently? And I want you to write, after you write that doubt, I want you to add an affirmation. Replace that with your affirmation. I'm read it again. So what am I doubting about myself currently? Once you write that doubt, replace it with the affirmation. Next writing prompt. What can I what can I be kinder towards myself for today? I'll read that again. What can I be kinder towards myself for today?
Ready? Yeah. Okay. This is the last writing prompt. Okay. What do I need to hear most right now? I'll do that one more time. What do I need to hear the most right now? So we're going to move on to our next speaker, but I really want to go through with this writing with you guys, okay? Basically, these writing prompts, these are all a part of our self-image, how the boundaries we create, like, because I didn't know boundaries. Other people didn't know my boundaries. I was always pushing it because my self-image, the way I felt about myself, the way everything was so poor that it was like I was a doormat and I had no boundaries. And so one of the important things is to create these boundaries and not just to create them, but to honor them, to behold them and say, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that today. Or 
I'm busy or whatever it is, or, you know, I love you, but this is something that you're going to have to do on your own. And there's so many things that we don't know because of who, how we feel about ourselves, how we see ourselves. And that's one of the, the most important thing is that one of the prayers I've been praying to God lately, and it used to be, God, teach me how to love the way you love. That was one of my prayers that I was praying daily. God, teach me how to love the way you love. And then I realized as months, like as my program progressed and as I grew into this, you know, from this little seed and as I grew my little leaves were growing, I started to realize like that all came from within. And so the prayer that I have now with God is God, teach me to love me the way you love me. Because that was the only way I was able to love the way God loves. See the last part again? God, teach me to love me the way you love me. And the reason why these prompts, I had chosen these prompts was because those boundaries are really important. Because when we let other people, when we let those boundaries, or we don't create those boundaries to ourselves and honor ourselves and our bodies and our times and our mental space, because like everybody said, we have the same 24 hours. Each of us have the same 24 hours, but it's what we do in that 24 hours that matters. And that's why those boundaries are so important because that's our space and we get to choose like who we share that with and where God is leading us, where our higher powers lead us, whether it's to this room, whether it's to help someone else outside, whatever it is. But those boundaries are so important and our self-image is locked behind those boundaries. You know, the same thing with the higher self-image. When we look, I, there's so many times when I look at myself and that's why the mirrors are so important because there's so many times that I looked at myself before program, I could not even look at myself in the mirror nonetheless give myself a compliment or tell myself the three things I love about myself. But you know what, the 12 step program, you know, like you guys loved me before I loved myself. And I, I'm a baby still. I've been a program going on seven years. I just took my, yeah, going on seven years now and I'm still a baby. <laughs> it's been up in it, but yeah, three months. You're still <laughs> but, you know, and no matter how much time progresses, it's like, I still didn't see myself in the eyes of people in program. Like I didn't see myself the way God saw me to place me here. But it was like that just the greatest gift, you know, that we were able to finally have somewhere that where we belong, that we could finally be ourselves. And I think one of the speakers shared, I was like, I can share my deepest darkest secrets now because everybody knows because they have the same secrets, you know, or on the same level, you know? So it was just like those things. It's like, now we get to see ourselves on this higher image. Like, what are the three things that you love about myself? And own up to it and just be like, yeah, I do love myself for those three things and more. And then thank myself for even just showing up to a meeting because you know how hard it is being face down the food to even just wake up and not to, to, to come to a meeting. That is like a great gift that you're giving to yourself. So, but... All of this, I mean, I'm just so thankful that you guys were willing and opened your heart to writing all these things down because those moments that, that you feel that you're alone or you feel face down and through whatever it is like that writing right there, what you wrote to yourself. And I want you guys to keep this and just revisit from time to time to remind yourself, you know, look in that mirror and give yourself those compliments, a genuine compliment too. So 
Thank you for being so open with that. Um, we're going to go to the next speaker and running a little short of time, but we're good. We're good. We're always good. So let's see. Um, our next speaker, she's another Godshot moment too. Um, it's Robin O. And um, yeah, Robin, how would you like to be timed? She's muted. You're muted, Robin. I wasn't sure if I was being uh, muted against my will. <laughs> I, so I clicked on the mute button and I think it's undone now. <laughs> but sometimes it's the host that has to unmute you first. How did you want to be time, Robin? I don't need help. Thank you. If I have 15 minutes, I will close at 15, but I can go 10 if you're concerned about the time. Whatever you want to flow with. Okay, well, I, thank you. Um, hello, everybody. I'm grateful to be here with you today. It was, like my said, a, a God thing. I don't even know how this happened. <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell you how I got here. I just, uh, somehow I saw something and said something, and the next thing I know, here I am. So it's all great. I have had such a lovely time today with you all. <clears throat> um. I would like to thank uh, Felina and Karen and um, Craig and Mai, Mai for asking me and including me and all the other three speakers because, you know, it may have just been a little, a little time that you shared with me, you three that spoke, um, but you know, I'll never be the same. My whole life, my life has been forever changed in whatever way, um, from listening to the three of you. And so you have become a part of my recovery now. And that is a really great thing. I, I think it's the same thing. I'm talking now and none of you will ever be the same. And I don't think of it as a good or a bad thing. It's just our journey. It's just now I'm on the journey with you and you're on the journey with me because we shared this time together and it's, it's love. This time together is all about love and um, and recovery. So I'm super grateful to be here. I am a compulsive eater. And I would like to say that um, I, it took me a couple of years in Overeaters Anonymous to come to the ability and the, and the comfort with saying I'm a compulsive eater. I don't mind saying I, I'm a compulsive overeater. As it turns out, um, I have compulsive eating behaviors, like a lot, all over the place, left, right, diagonal, backwards, forwards, up and down. And so to say that I'm a compulsive eater really covers it. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, that's the truth. I am a compulsive eater. Um, it's over and it's under and it's all around. So it's all good. Because um, I have to worry about compulsive eating in every way. It's not about eating less. It's not about eating more. It's about not eating compulsively and not um, behaving in a way that is compulsive. That's what I'm trying for. Um, I want to be freed from that, the compulsion. So um, that's me. I'm a compulsive eater since my very earliest memories. Um, I know I remember clearly um, my third year of life and forward, and I was a compulsive eater um, since the beginning. Um, 
And it's not for any reason. I can't explain it. I don't really know how it happened. I could tell you things that didn't help it, that made it worse. Um, but I'm not blaming anybody or anything. I'm not giving any credit to, I, I was diagnosed with type one diabetes as a, um, that's my earliest memory. I was a type one diabetic when I was three years old and, um, it wasn't discovered for a long time. So I got, I got very, very, very thin because that's what will happen to a diabetic that doesn't get insulin is they get, I, 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 I digested my own body to stay alive. And I was three, so it wasn't like I, I didn't understand. Nobody understood. When I got diagnosed, um, I then put all that weight back on. I, I filled out nicely after that. Um, and the diabetes has, uh, in some ways, probably saved my life. But in other ways, I have tried, I have um, accidentally almost killed myself multiple times because compulsive eating behaviors go very poorly with controlling your diabetes. I mean, they could not go more poorly. Um, it's like gas and fire, just, you know, put it all, oh my goodness gracious, it's, it's sad. I'm not laughing, it isn't funny. I had active bulimia for some years where I almost died repeatedly and I didn't tell anybody. So I was by myself and I was um, in a coma. I mean, I just have had a, a bad time of it. Um, and that, that there's, there's no blame or credit. It's the way the disease has, the disease is, is, a. I don't think the disease is a really kind and gentle thing. The disease is actually on the dark side of life. You know, there's the what there's the bright white side, which is love. And then there's the dark side or evil or whatever you want to call it. And the disease runs off of that energy. The disease wants to take me down. The disease wants to remove me from recovery and tell me I'm no good and I'll never make it. And I, um, why even bother? That is the disease talking. And I don't listen to that because it's a lie and it's very mean. And I don't listen to people who are mean to me. And I don't listen to voices that are mean to me because the disease will try to be mean. And it, the, whenever I hear things like you're not good enough, you're not trying hard enough, you know, you blew it. Stuff like that, those, I have spent a lot of time with sponsees working on what kind of messages does the disease say to you? Because you don't have to listen to that. You can say, no, thanks. You close your mouth because that is not going to work for me. Um, I don't want to hear that kind of talk. The same that you would tell your child if they're saying ridiculously rude and inappropriate things. You say, oh, I don't, we're not going to talk like that around here. Well, that's how I talk to my disease is, we're not going to fight about it. I'm not listening. I'm just not listening. That's inappropriate. Um, you guys shouldn't talk to me mean. None of you would. If you did, I would say, oh, that that's not a very nice thing to say. I don't have to freak out. I just, I'm going to say no, no, that's a boundary. I'm not going to listen to anybody that's mean. And sometimes I'm talking to myself like it's mean, but that's the disease that's trying to get me to take myself down so that my self-esteem gets lower, you know? So, um, I don't want to get too far off track. Uh, I have been in 12-step recovery 24 years. It has been one rocky road. And when I say that, what I mean is, instead of staying on the road of recovery with all you nice people um, and holding your hand and saying, yeah, let's skip, let's sing songs, let's stay on the road. 
I've done my own little thing or the disease has called me over to the side and I've dove off the side into the ditch. Um, I've been in the brambles down there, just cut up and feeling, you know, bad and uh, sorry for myself and like nobody. And I've dumped into the brambles multiple times. And I don't say that, that, that like there's something wrong with me. I just say that that is what I've done. I have ditched off the road of recovery and I've fallen into the brambles and God and you guys have always pulled me back up and said, don't worry, we can, we can wash off those scratches and we can, we can get you back up here with us. And, and so I back, I come, it's always been grace and mercy and compassion and empathy from recovery people and from God. So um, I've gone up and down and up and down. I've been on the road now pretty good for uh, double digits of years, but barely, but um, I'm glad. And I don't say that in any kind of sense of pride. I, I say it because I'm so stinking grateful. I could not be more grateful that for whatever reason, I've come up onto the road and I'm mostly on the road. Now, those 24 years have not all been in Overeaters Anonymous. I learned about Overeaters Anonymous from um, my therapist, like uh, I think, believe I believe Craig might've said that. And when he told me about abstinence and I was puzzled, I, you know, cause I understand with drugs and alcohol or cigarettes or whatever, that you don't do it at all. And I said, what do you mean people get abstinent? They quit eating? And he's like, no, they don't have compulsive eating behaviors. And I said, well, for how long? And he said, permanently. And you, if you'd have seen the look on my face, it was a mix of disgust and disbelief and um, just ridiculous. You couldn't have said anything more ridiculous. I was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, I just, I could not picture becoming abstinent and remaining that way. That it didn't, uh, maybe for a week, but you know what, 10 years, whatever. I was like, you don't make, that doesn't make any sense. And you know, what's funny is that I didn't know he was in, Overeaters Anonymous. <laughs> I, he didn't mention that, which is good. They were just fine. So I was just whatever. But you know, I was intrigued and I'm kind of like, well, it was getting me down pretty bad. So um, I, uh, I did, um, I have been, this is my fifth year in Overeaters Anonymous. And I have also been in the brambles multiple times. I am currently abstinent and I have been abstinent for a very pleasant amount of time now. <laughs> That is shockingly a pleasant amount of time. Um, I am almost at goal weight and that's all right. But for me, it really isn't about the weight so much as um, the compulsive behaviors that make me sad, that bring me down and, and hurt me. Um, the worst that I've ever done was the two things, bulimia, throwing up, vomiting up food that has gone down. That should not be happening on purpose. Um, that's a terrible thing to do. And, um, and then the, the very worst thing ever is that very much of my life, I have withheld insulin from myself so that I would not gain weight. And I tolerated ridiculously lethal blood sugars for decades. Um, why I'm even alive and still have my own two feet, my kidneys are kind of working and I can still see you guys. I mean, if you know diabetes, this, this is just ridiculous. I'm like a miracle 29 billion ways to Sunday. And I know that, and I'm super grateful. I don't understand, but I don't need to. God says, oh my goodness, child, you don't need to understand. 
what I would like from you is a thank you. And I say thank you all the time, every day, all the time. <laughs> and if you could help some of my other kids, that would be great too. And then you better be nice to yourself and you better be nice all the time in every way, all day, every day, because you're my very precious, precious child. And I will not tolerate you being mean to my special kid. And so I thank God all the time. And I also look in the mirror and um, I have to say, it's a, it may sound weird to some of you if, this, if you've never thought of this, but it has helped me so incredibly much. I have all the versions of myself inside of me, even though, you know, it's past. I was five and I remember that five-year-old and I, I was 10. And during those times, some terrible, terrible, awful, tragic, horrendous things happened to me. And I have so much compassion for that little person. And I have all versions of her. And so in the morning, one of my things, it comes after I thank God, but I look in the mirror and I say, Mama, we love you. And what I mean by that is that all the little kid versions of me are rooting for me at the age I'm at right now. And like, Mama, go, you're doing it. You're rocking it. You're a rock star. And I say that and I laugh. And then during the day, if I'm mean, I say, oh, no, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that because I think like I'm talking to my 10 year old self who certainly doesn't need one more mean word said to her. She needs to be loved and hugged. And, you know, it is this is not hokey or anything. What I'm saying It's just that I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice to me at this date and me from yesterday and the me from when I was little, and I will not be mean. I will not be mean. I will not tolerate any part of me being mean to any part of me. So it's not a perfect deal, but I catch myself a lot, and I'm grateful for that. Um, let's see. I have two minutes. Like, what, I would, what would I like to share with you? Well, I would like to share my phone number in the chat because I cannot tell you. It just makes me want to cry when I think about it. But I have so much love for all of you. And I know that this life is difficult and I know that we struggle with things and we know that the answer says we have ceased fighting anything or anyone. And it's true for the most part I have, but every other second something pops out and then I, the struggle begins again. And then I go, oh, no, no, put your hands up, put your hands up, up and out like this palms up, right? Palms up and out. That means it's up. It's to God. God can have it. The universe can take it. It's fine. Um, but I am a grateful recovering member of Overeaters Anonymous. It is an honor and a privilege to be here in a meeting. Always. I think that always I live in an extremely rural situation. We have more cows than we have people. And we have, I mean, we we have one meeting a week and I am super grateful for it. And if we're lucky, there's two of us. And um, so it, I hear people like Craig talking and I can picture and I feel almost, almost a twinge of jealousy because you're talking about multiple meetings a week in person. And I'm going, yeah, with whom? I mean, I have a meeting with my cat and we talk lots of love, but you know, it's not the same. She, my cat is a compulsive overeater and I can't help it. And I don't know why that's true. I, I think it's funny that she's in a house with me. Um, and I kid you not, she's a compulsive overeater. She'll eat till she's freaked out and barf it out. I mean, I'm like, my gosh, that girl. 
So I just try to love on her and tell her everything's going to be okay. Cause that's what I want to hear is it's going to be okay. So that's the thing I wrote down. What I want to hear is it's going to be okay. It is going to be okay for all of you. I can assure you, I can prove it. I can prove it. It is going to be okay if you let it. So um, I don't know much. I just know I'm super, super grateful. And um, I hope to run into you, any of you, anytime, anytime. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. I'm gonna, um, everybody here is super clapping and that was so amazing. All three of you guys, all four of you guys is so good. Give me one second, the ladies, um, people in the room want to see the chat. Robin, did you want to put your number on the chat too for people to contact you? I'm doing it right now. Perfect. Thank you. Um, we're going to take this moment out real quick to open for shares. We have quick shares and then a Q&A if anybody wants to share and do a Q&A for any of our speakers since all of them are still on. Or raise hands or just jump right on. Okay, well, no one wants to share. I'll share. Cool. Okay. So, hi, I'm Mai. I'm a recovering compulsive eater and bulimic. Um, thank you, everybody, for being here. I, you know, this was when this body image, when we had, when I had talked about putting together this body image workshop, um, Susan, can you post this? When I had talked about putting this body image workshop and even coming to the week of it, I was talking to my therapist, I was like, I'm hosting a body image workshop. Like, how am I going to put this together? And I'm bad. But it was like, you know, God places us in the most perfect situations that we need to be in. We are always exactly where we're supposed to be at. And, and I know seven years ago, coming into these rooms and sitting in that pew behind there, crying my eyeballs out, and then now being here and leading the meet, like hosting workshops and stuff, it's like such a great gift. And I'm so grateful, you know? And um, just one of those things, like my heart is so full of gratitude for the life that I'm living now. And I could not imagine the life I was in before and just like you know Robin said like I see all faces of myself and all I do is look at her and I thank each person you know and for the pain that they endure the suffering and to help me grow to who I am now especially in these rooms so thank you everybody for being here and thank yourselves for being here so awesome anybody else want to share any Q&A's Oh, and I forgot to say that um, I was able while I was since I've been on the meeting, I was able to email my sponsor and she made it and she's here with us. And I'm real grateful that she got to um, be here. And it didn't my ego has gotten so much smaller because it didn't concern me at all that she was here or was going to hear me. I was like, well, she's my friend and we share all the time. So it's no different than being in a meeting with her. But I'm real grateful she made it. Right. All right, so everybody, um, let's close out with a serenity prayer real quick. Right. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, 
the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will not mind be done. All right, so your notebooks, everything that you guys wrote about, please keep that, keep that and remind yourselves like how beautiful, like your souls are like beaming through mine. And I'm just so grateful for each and every one of you because without any of you, I wouldn't be here right now, you know? And I'm just so completely grateful. So thank you for letting me be of service.